Welcome to the Anod Wright blog post voice recording. Your voiceover diva is Dr. Donna Oriowo. Please note that the information found in this and other blog posts is a matter of researched opinion. Direct your concerns or questions to questions at anodwright.com. Direct your comments to the comment section and share on social media using the hashtag AnodWrightSpeaks. Warning, content in the audio blog may be different from the written blog. My thoughts too fast and my mouth too quick. Sorry, not sorry. Hey, hey, y'all. This week's topic is the therapeutic benefits of minding your business. Written by Dr. Donna Oriowo, July 6, 2018. Lately, I have been involved in a few conversations that went astray. Just to give some background, I use social media as a learning ground. I am in a lot of Facebook groups. I get to learn from other social workers, therapists, students, etc. I'm learning from various people in all kinds of life stages, and I generally find that to be stimulating. My goal and purpose is to be a lifelong learner. I do that by interacting with others in a way that makes me feel comfortable and social media is what helps me feel comfortable. You know how they talk about people who are internet gangsters? Well, I like to think of myself as an internet anthropologist. I am learning the culture from afar. I like it because I can step away whenever I need to and keep it moving forward with my day. I also like that I am able to interact with people from all over the place within one group. For example, I have learned a lot about ethics and expectations in other states and countries because there are so many clinicians from other places. I also learned about the dropping of Beyonce's new album on social media. Oh, the things you can learn. But with all this greatness comes foolishness. Within the various groups, from private practice groups to social groups, from learning groups to gossip groups, there are so many people who seem incapable of minding their business. I understand that the phrase, mind your business, does come off as rude, but it can also be effective. It seems that from Beyonce and Jay-Z to Drake, from loved ones to lesser acquaintances, there seems to be a collective issue with knowing what business belongs to a person and what business isn't or shouldn't be of concern. Definition. For those who are not necessarily in the know, the phrase, mind your business, is a verb in which the person who has been told is expected to respect someone else's private matters by refraining from being meddlesome, dropping their two cents, thought, opinions, or suggestions. This includes, but is not limited to, minding your business on someone's appearance, attitude, situations, or other occurrences as defined by the giver of the statement either verbally, through text, or through body language, which includes, but is not limited to, putting up one hand in your direction, rolling their eyes, turning their away, or looking at you in some type of way. There. Now we have defined what it means to mind your business. We are officially on the same page. Let's start with an example situation. You know how it goes. Someone creates a post 
or comes to you out of some level of concern for someone and they are asking how they can or should interact with that or those people in a way to let them know about some very obvious aspect of themselves that they are really sure to not miss. Or they see something in public and want to address someone for something. For the sake of this writing, let's go with the example of having a big afro. So here this person is with this big, beautiful, full and luscious afro. Now there's a person who wants to let them know about having an afro, like the person wearing the hair doesn't know. They want to find a way to tell them that they might not be able to get a good job in the current market because their hair lacks the conformity required in corporate America. They want to tell them how they don't look presentable and how they don't and how they can come off as militant. This person is saying that they want to approach the Afro wearer, but not put them in the position of feeling judged. But what I really hear is that they want to approach someone without being seen as the bad guy. My question is why? Why talk to them at all about the implications of a fro that is on their head? Are they soliciting your advice? Or is this a moment where you think your two cents is going to be invaluable? Minding your business as an exercise in reflection. Here's the thing. When I am saying mind your business, I truly mean that. I am saying be reflective of why you want to interact with that person about the chosen subject in the way you would like to. I'm saying to mind your business because oftentimes when we want to approach someone out of concern, we really want to police someone, their body and their choices. I get it. Truly, I do. We often want to do this because we have already policed ourselves according to the definition of others. This is especially true within the context of the black community. We are constantly shaming others based on what they are doing or not doing to meet the standards we think we have fallen beneath. Respectability politics abound and we end up policing ourselves far more effectively than others can. I'm gonna read off a list of examples that are gonna happen down below. The question you should be asking is why it bothers you so much. So because we wish we would have done better on X, We now make it our crusade to make sure that X is met by everyone else. If we have done a great job of monitoring ourselves and somehow we feel secretly resentful that we are not free, we resent that freedom in others and want to curb it. One of my favorite examples of this is regarding relationships. This weekend, I was speaking to one of my very best friends. I told you that I'm Nigerian American. We spoke about the pressures to get married and then to have children. But then we were also noting that the adults we respected with the, with the most to say weren't even taking their own advice. How often has someone been telling you one thing about but living their lives in a completely different way? Think about the implications of that. Yes, they may be speaking from their experience and wanting you to do better than they did, but also acknowledge that it can be seen as someone trying to correct the mistakes of their life through yours. If you are able to live for yourself in the way that you want to, you will be more happy in the long run. Let's not be threatened by the choices others make 
Acknowledge their choices as much as you can based on what's visible. If you find that all of a sudden you want to give unsolicited advice, pause yourself. Ask yourself where this need to speak to them is coming from and what purpose are you truly trying to serve? There may be multiple reasons for having the conversation you want to have, but usually there is the nugget of truth that will be covered by a bunch of possibly good reasons, but aren't really your real reason. When you dig, if you find that your own insecurities are fueling your need to have the conversation, continue to mind your business. Don't bring your insecurities to that person. It is not their responsibility to coddle you and make you feel better while you may be in the quest to make them feel worse. You will not shine any brighter just because you try to dim the light of others. If you should find that you really are coming from a place of love with advice, consider if that person needs to hear it and if you are the right person for them to hear it from. Oftentimes, if someone is not talking to you about something, it is because they are talking to someone else about that issue. If you find yourself truly concerned, it may be appropriate to pull them to the side and ask them if it is okay to talk about them, to talk to them about something specific. And no, I'm not saying don't have conversations with bigots in your family about how you feel when they say something racist, sexist, homophobic, or otherwise. That impacts and concerns you and others and should be a conversation. I'm referring to those pseudo concerns about someone's attire, hair, body, boisterous personality, etc. Things that don't necessarily concern you. You understand? Minding your business in three easy steps. One, think about minding your business. That means reflect. This is where you would reflect on why you want to approach someone about a subject. Is this about them or is it about you? It's a check yourself moment. Don't lose the opportunity. Number two, actively mind your business. If you have determined that you are speaking from a place of your own stuff, do not approach the other person. Take the time to work on you. If you have determined that yes, you are in a good place to have the conversation, consider if it is the right time, right space, and if you are indeed the right person. Proceeding, of course, with caution and respect. Number three, continue minding your business. Basically, rinse, wash, repeat. This is your repeat cycle. When you are done with numbers one and two, come to number three for a brief rest, reflection, then repeat process of one and two as necessary. Things to consider. When you are trying to go to someone about their situation, you should consider that they have already spoken about it with someone else. They did not choose to discuss it with you because you may not be the right person. With our example of the Afro, you may want to have the conversation with them about what else they could do when it comes to their hair. But do you know if they have already spoken with their dermatologist or hairstylist? No, you likely don't. There can be a variety of reasons why they are choosing to wear their natural hair, including being allergic to the chemicals in various products, having an issue with heat being applied to their hair, having a sensitive scalp, or, you know, because they want to. 
You don't know the efforts they have made, nor the people that they have spoken to, but you fancy yourself the expert in their situation. Is this about your ego or about them? Also, please note that just because you notice or think something doesn't mean that the other person has not already considered it or thought about it. I can tell you that prior to my going natural, I thought about and knew the various implications it could have on my life. There are many ideas floating around out there about how much more difficult it is to get a job, to find a mate, to be seen as presentable, beautiful, or professional. The other thing is, I'm willing to bet that those with the bountiful afros know this as well. Oftentimes, we want to tell somebody something about themselves out of pseudo concern for that, con- for that person. But I will challenge you again to think about why you really want to have that conversation with them. I have seen that some people simply want to feel superior to the other person, smarter, more knowledgeable, etc. They want to put someone in their place or they feel threatened by the person and want to feel better. Mental health benefits to minding your business. When you mind your business, you open up a world of possibilities. You make it possible for you to reflect and learn more about yourself, your insecurities, and find ways to become more comfortable in your skin. When you mind your business, you are also able to better engage with people who think your two cents is priceless. For those people, cultivate those relationships, be comfortable with yourself, and watch your life unfold before you. When you are minding your business, you also take up less of your time with situations that don't involve you. There is more work to be done on you and for you. Can you still be honest and be that blunt friend? Yes, of course. But like I said, knowing and understanding yourself can help in making sure that you are the friend you want to be, the friend that is needed, and not the person who comes off as wanting to hurt others the way you hurt. So here are those examples of policing. Number one, generally, women are told that to wear something you like can be seen as asking for it by others. Policing. Number two, young black girls feeling themselves because they just got their hair done or are wearing a new outfit and are strutting their stuff are seen and told they are being fast. Policing and inappropriate. Maybe check the sex talk parent edition blog number three black people who are boisterous and vocal in public get side-eyed and shamed and head shaking from others black folk included this is still policing number four throwback being mad at gabby douglas or Blue Ivy's parents because you felt their hair was not adequately done policing number five being mad at beyonce and jay-z for releasing whatever pictures they damn well please policing and hating and number six being mad at cardi b and tiffany haddish for being their boisterous bougetto selves policing what are some of the examples of policing that you have seen All right, guys, that brings us to the end of this week's blog. Again, I invite you to 
place your comments in the comment section. You don't agree with what I've said? I want to hear it. You agree with what I've said and you've got some examples? I want you to share it. So don't forget, share on social media using the hashtag AnodWrightSpeaks. Who knows? I might comment. Bye, y'all.